Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, or if you're watching this later in the day, good afternoon, well, I don't know, whatever the Jim Carrey quote is. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. I'm Josh Engelman. I am joined by Greg Ehrenberg. We are here to break down Celtics Heat Game 4. I cannot wait to see this game. I really want the Celtics to win just because I want as much basketball as possible in the Eastern Conference, so 2-2 seems like I'm more likely to get it, but nobody cares what I think about the results of this game. They just care about the DFS advice, so Greg Ehrenberg, how are you doing today, sir? Uh, I mean, I think people care about the results a little bit. One thing I think is weird is Celtics favored by three and a half for this game. That, that feels a point or two too wide to me. This should be close to a pick <laughs> I don't know what to make of lines because we just we pretty much see the same line every game. I think that Celtics are trending slightly higher now just because Gordon Hayward is back. He needed to have some sort of positive impact on uh, on the betting line for Boston. I, I think it feels right. But at the same time, I also didn't expect the Miami Heat to be in this series. So I've clearly been at least mildly underrating them and the public the entire time. I... I'm surprised like the series price is as close as it is. Um, you know, Celtics I mean, it, are like plus 110 or something along those lines. I mean, it makes sense when you consider the three and a half point favorites tonight. So, I, I mean, we're giving them, you know, close to a 60% chance to win each head to head game. So, I think all that considered, it, it makes sense. I know if you look at like the 538 model, it's still super high on the Celtics. They have they have the winner of this series as massive favorites over the Lakers in the finals right now. And they've just uh, pretty much have have the Lakers going ahead of the of Nuggets to the finals. And if that's the case, then yeah, they, they favor the Heat or the Celtics to win the finals, which I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, the Lakers will be the favorites in the finals if they make the finals, no matter who they play. Um, God, it's crazy to think that that game could very or that series could very easily be two one Nuggets right now. Yeah, definitely. Just nuts totally nuts but we're not going to talk about uh lakers nuggets uh nuggets picked up the w yesterday but we've got to dive in to boston and miami so please as you come in the door please hit the thumbs up subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell so you know in this and all of our other content goes live we've got a ton of it i will touch on it a little bit later um excited for the uh the pay down for Enos Cantor day today. Enos Cantor playing the role of PJ Dozier from yesterday. Uh, probably kind of likely that Enos Cantor doesn't see the floor, but we will get into that. Let's start on the heat side and let's just start 
at the top. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, the two most expensive guys from the Miami Heat, comparable ownership, whether it's in the captain spot or at the utility spot. Do you have a preference between the two Heat studs for today? Yeah, it's pretty clearly uh, Adebayo for me. And we can kind of just look at who we think is going to score more fantasy points because now that we have ownership projections, which we don't usually have out this this early in the morning as we're doing the show. Uh, Kudos. To, thanks, Tom Kennedy. There's no real difference between them. We've got Adebayo project for 61% ownership, Jimmy Butler 56% ownership. So it's just kind of a situation of who do you think is going to score more fantasy points? And to me, it's Bam Adebayo especially if we look at how the Celtics are running their rotations now, where, like you said, we don't know if Enos Kanter is going to play. Uh, now that Gordon Hayward's back, we saw a ton of small ball from the Celtics last game. And one thing that we kind of see as a trade-off from that is they're almost admitting, hey, we don't have a way to stop Bam Adebayo, and we don't care. We're just going to focus more on the offensive end. Adebayo had, what do you have, 16 rebounds last game. He gets so many easy layups and dunks in this matchup too. Yeah. So I think, to me, he's the player that I overall – I expect to score the most fantasy points from the heat and in a fairly significant way. I agree. I have Bam uh, three points ahead of Jimmy Butler. I actually do get to Jimmy Butler a little bit more in the captain spot, but I get to Bam significantly more at utility. And a large, large part of that has to do with uh, my thoughts on Kimball Walker, which we will get to in a bit. Do you like Butler today? 44% owned in the utility spot, 11.6% uh, owned in the captain spot. That all seems like about right to me. I don't really have much of a Jimmy Butler take at this point. What's the real ceiling to Butler? I mean, realistically, not not in terms of does he just have one game where he, you know, has a crazy amount of fantasy points, but look at his look at his games so far this series. I mean, 37, 31, 34 DraftKings points. The usage just isn't there for him. His last yeah. four games overall is a sub 20% usage. I mean, Adebayo is just a way more productive fantasy player in this series and Butler's oddly just taking a back seat. I mean, I'm sure that if there's a situation where it's late game, it's close, we could see usage up and a usage uptick from Butler, but it just hasn't been there so far. So it's hard for me to really predict him to, you know, be a guy who's going to have 26, 27% usage and be a fantasy monster because we really haven't seen it in the postseason outside of, you know, like one or two games. Yeah, you're basically praying for what, like 46 or so fantasy points, something in that neighborhood. And you're just like, okay, Butler had a above average game he hasn't been there like that uh, i mean i think it's on purpose like i don't think that it's because he's like playing bad i think it's an intentional play style to not be just fully ball dominant it's the more that he plays like iso jimmy ball early the more that it's just sort of taking the heat out of their actual offense when it comes to the fourth quarter nut crunch time, like that's when I think you'll see Jimmy Butler be a bit more assertive, especially now uh, in game four coming off of the loss. Uh, I think he'll be a little bit more assertive uh, down the stretch, but I don't think it's all that important um, early on. So is there another heat guy that you like? Who do you, is, is it Tyler hero? Is it Jay Crowder uh, Dragic? Is there a neck? Who's the next heat guy up for you? Yeah, so in the Building Blocks article I wrote, which is free on allsmo.com, I, I like Jay Crowder as one of my favorite value plays in the game. And the reason is just because there's so little value in this game. There's nobody that I could reliably say is a good spend-down option. So with that said, I think it makes a whole lot of sense to build lineups around the mid-range. And Jay Crowder at only 6,000 is a guy who's brought a ton of stability uh, over the last handful of games. And when we look at his fantasy point totals, it's been... 
every game in September, he scored at least 27 DraftKings points, and he's been over 30 in more of them than he hasn't. So there's a really high floor for, for Crowder. I don't necessarily think the ceiling for him is massive, but I don't think you really need it to be with the way this slate sets up. I think it makes a whole lot of sense to build lineups kind of around that, that mid-range pricing. And Crowder pretty comfortably giving us 27 to 32 DraftKings points per game. I think I think that's really strong for his price. So Crowder showed up third as the third most optimal uh, captain in my sim. He's actually fourth in uh, public ownership right now, but outpacing that number. At the utility spot, um, he is actually the third most owned guy uh, across everybody, only behind Tatum and Bam. Does the ownership worry you at all? Uh, 6K in the utility spot on DraftKings. Or do you like him uh, at the 10% ownership at the captain spot? Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't know that I really like him at the captain spot just because I don't know what his upside is. Well, I, I do know what his upside is, and it's not its not very high because we've seen him score almost the same exact fantasy point totals every single game in the postseason. So for that reason, I mean, I think that if – you absolutely need to save salary. He's okay in the captain spot, but I, I find it hard to believe that he's going to be in the first place winning lineup. When he showed up in the captain spot, so in the whatever 12% of my Sims, he averaged 57 and a half points in the captain spot. So that's a what? 38 point fantasy day. That's a big Jay Crowder day. It is. I mean, especially because he, he, I mean, he scores right around 30 every single game and it doesn't feel like there's a lot of wiggle room for that to go up or down most games. Uh, I guess, I guess the downside is if he gets into foul trouble, but outside of that, if he's on the court, I mean, he scores, he's picking up defensive stats, a couple assists, rebounds. That's why he's so consistent is because he, he gives us fantasy production, so many different categories. And just to reiterate, the reason I really like Crowder is just the, the price point and the way the slate breaks up. I mean, we'll talk about some of the value options, but there's not much to talk about by way of value in, the, in this game. And the big reason why is because you mentioned Alec Gordon Hayward is back. All these guys that we had that were decent, cheap options from the Celtics, the playing time just goes away. And then also because we're at this point in the season where we're 2-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals, the rotations are just getting so condensed that yeah. there, there just isn't minutes for these role players. Yeah, speaking of those role players, I mean, Duncan Robinson is going to get his. He's going to play somewhere between 24 and 34 minutes, depending on how this game is sort of shaking out. He closed uh, with the Heat losing um, in game four, three, game three. This is game four. Uh, But, you know, his minutes are sort of variable. And then once you start dropping down, Kelly Olynyk, Andre Iguodala, Derek Jones Jr., Kendrick Nunn. The most owned of any of those guys is Derek Jones at 8%, Kelly Olynyk at 7 uh, Iguodala essentially unowned, Kendrick Nunn essentially unowned. None of those guys stand out to me as guys that I want to try to get to. Kelly Olynyk, I think, is just simply too expensive. I mean, I think 7% is about right given the showdown slate, but at 4K, like, I, I don't love it. I don't know how you pay down for guys from the heat today. It's really unappealing. Uh, yeah. I mean, like you said, I think Duncan Robinson is the cheapest player in this game that I would expect to play over 20 minutes, uh, barring foul trouble. The other thing with, with Duncan Robinson too, his, his playing time has been all over the place in the postseason. And I think we know three minutes into the game, if Duncan Robinson's playing a significant amount of minutes or not, because here's what happens three minutes into the game. He's either made three threes by then, or he's gotten into foul trouble. Yep. If, if, if one, and that's basically how we know it is, are we getting 30 minutes out of Duncan Robinson or are we getting 24 minutes out of Duncan Robinson? It, it kind of all seems like it's been determined three minutes into the game. 
Are they looking to him? Is he making shots? Or there's been these weird playoff games where he just immediately gets into foul trouble. And uh, game two, he picked up two immediately, yeah. then came back out and uh, picked up his third in like the first 30 seconds he was back out on the floor. It's not great. <laughs> and I feel like that's happened, I don't know, like five times in the playoffs or something yeah. like that. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, I think Duncan Robinson 4,600 is a very fine play. I'm kind of surprised his price hasn't gone up more. Uh, in terms of those other cheap guys, I think there's ways that you could build lineups with certain game scripts to make them viable. So Bam Adebayo does occasionally get into foul trouble. If you want to make lineups that don't have Bam, even though he's my favorite player on the Heat, those lineups should have Kelly Olynyk, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's where Kelly Olynyk becomes viable is lineups without Bam Adebayo. Um, if, if you really want to roster Andre Iguodala, I know you're not an Andre Iguodala fan. I'm generally not either. But the situation where Andre Iguodala plays extended minutes is where Duncan Robinson gets into his immediate foul trouble. Then maybe you get, you know, 15 to 20 minutes out of Iguodala and he becomes okay. Same case goes for Derek Jones Jr. So I, I think there's certain ways you could set up lineups to build them to create upside with the cheap players, but they all come with very specific game scripts. Now that Hayward is back, if Bam gets into foul trouble, is there a chance that Derek Jones Jr. is the, the biggest recipient to the additional minutes? Uh, I mean, he played 16 minutes last game, so maybe uh, 16 minutes, nine fantasy points last game. I, I still think they ultimately will want to go to Olenek, but it, it's not a guarantee. I think I think that Derek Jones Jr. is okay, but not somebody I'm dying to roster. Okay, yeah, we're on the same page there. I'm just curious. I'm anxious to see how many minutes uh, the Celtics play with, you know, their version of the death lineup with what amounts to Tatum at the five. Um, they did go to it a little bit in game three. I think we see it a little bit more here as well. That's where I don't know if the Heat go to a Kelly Olynyk in that scenario. They could. I mean, the other thing about Olynyk too is he's fairly versatile for a, for a big man and he's unassumingly athletic, you know, with his yeah. goofy hair and, and whatnot. Uh, but I mean, he, he's capable of doing a lot, right? He guard multiple positions, not particularly well, but he's, he's athletic enough to be on the court against multiple guys. He could shoot. Uh, so I, I think that we would still see uh, Olenek potentially out there against the Celtics smaller lineups in, in the situation where Bam gets into foul trouble. Right. Um, this is part of the reason that I kind of like Jay Crowder in the captain spot because it's just such a wasteland from Kelly Olynyk down that savings at captain really allows you to get four or five other guys, you know, North of Kelly Olynyk's salary. I think that's sort of a benefit because I mean, you're, you're going to have to hit a dart. Like everything below Duncan Robinson is a dart. One of those guys is probably going to outperform enough. You know, we're talking about needing, I don't know, 12 to 14 fantasy points for it to be like a good play. Someone's going to do it. Maybe. It might not even be that high. There could be, I don't know, there could be eight points out of out of Derek Jones Jr. And that's optimal. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so few cheap plays that that look decent on paper. So I had him in the utility spot in my optimals 9% of the time. He averaged 13 and a half fantasy points in that spot. So it, it, which means that there were times he showed up in the optimal uh, probably at like 11 or 12 fantasy points. There are days where you do not need very much out of spot six. Not fun. I mean, Cantor on average needs like seven and a half fantasy points. That was JaVale McGee's first rotation yesterday. Yeah, I mean, we were, talking only about, rotation. we were talking about this before it went on, and I said, if some of these high-end guys do well, there's a somewhat decent chance that there's a guy who scores zero or close to zero fantasy points that ends up on the optimal lineup. 
it could be it could Ennis Canner can end up playing zero minutes tonight. But if let's say there's a situation where Tatum, Adebayo, Butler all play really well, the only way to get those guys in the lineup is you have to go with a cheap player. And there's a chance none of those guys play. So there's a situation where Ennis Canner plays zero minutes and ends up on the winning lineup anyway. Wouldn't shock me. Not at all. Especially if his ownership creeps up too. Like we saw Dozier get like north of 30% ownership in the utility spot. Uh, I was talking to Adam after the show yesterday. We did live before lock together in the one fit in the $150 three max Dozier in the captain spot was north of 8% ownership. Dude didn't see the floor. Um, you can get away with that uh, on showdown slates at the cheap price tags. And I would be surprised if Cantor didn't play at least one rotation. Um, I, I don't think they're going to go back to Robert Williams at this point, but you know who knows? It's Brad Stevens. It's, I'm not going to pretend to be like smarter than him. So it, it's not so much that I think they go back to Robert Williams. It's that all right. So Gordon Hayward played thirty uh, and, or thirty-one, something like that. So he played thirty, uh, thirty and a half minutes, and in the regular season he played thirty-four minutes per game. Yeah. So. If, if we assume that he plays his full minutes and they're going to just go to their, their version of the death lineup more, there's a chance that Canner just doesn't play because they don't play big men as much. True. They, they just, they just go to small ball lineups. Like I said, I think they're, I think they're just seeding production to, to Bam Adebayo. They're saying, Hey, you know what? It doesn't matter who we have out on the floor. Does it matter if we have Ennis Canner? Ennis Canner doesn't provide us with that much anyway. Like what do we really need Ennis Canner's defense to match up against Bam Adebayo? He's going to score against Bam anyway. We might as well just have better offensive players out there. So that's why I think there's a chance that Ennis Canner plays zero minutes, Robert Williams plays zero minutes. Daniel Tice obviously will still play a healthy amount of minutes, but I think there's just going to be a lot more of the of the Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum lineup. Let's talk about the Celtics then. But first, another reminder, hit the thumbs up as you get here. It helps us out a ton. We've got free content today that I think everybody will be interested in. NBA ownership projections will be free today. Uh, I think that's like the most important of showdown, most important thing for showdown that we offer. You want to know where people are because trying to avoid dupes as much as possible. is a very good uh, strategy for you. Ownership projections are free. NFL projections are free. The MLB top pitchers tool is free and PGA ownership is free. Lots of free stuff coming out today. And then we've got a monster schedule coming up immediately after this MLB strategy show with Jake and Terry, the 11 a.m. Laffy, Matt and Kyle doing an NFL strategy show MMA strategy tonight with Jason and Pete monster UFC pay-per-view this Saturday PGA live before lock with Jason and Ben coming up uh, tonight at 8:30. at some point in time, there's an NBA live before lock and an MLB live before lock. I don't know when those shows are going to happen because everybody, everything seems to be locking uh, at the same time tonight plus the MMA strategy show and the PGA strategy show or live before lock show. So uh, we're going to have six more shows at some point in time today, four of which I know exactly what time they're happening, two of which uh, TBD, but that's why you subscribe to the channel. So, you know, when we go live. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm on the baseball show tonight and I have no clue when we're doing it yet. Cause it's also a goofy start time for baseball because baseball starts at uh, seven on uh, FanDuel and six on DraftKings. Fantastic. You got to love it. It's always good when it's uh, fully confusing. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is that is definitely the optimal scenario. Just like the Celtics rotation tonight. Let's talk about the Celtics now. Um, you like I'll that start like this. I did like that transition. Uh, who is your favorite Celtics captain today? 
You know, I'm going to agree with you on this one because uh, I know who you like, and I've liked Kemba Walker a decent amount in this series. He hasn't necessarily blown the doors off, although he, he has been marginally better from a fantasy standpoint than Jimmy Butler's been. Uh, but he, here's what I like about Kemba Walker. Number one, his struggles earlier in the postseason. I mean, when he played against the Raptors, the Raptors have some of the best perimeter defense in terms of guards in the league, and this just sets up as a much easier matchup for him. And even though he hasn't had huge fantasy points, he did have the 42 DraftKings point game uh, in game two against the Heat. His usage is much higher. Usage is series 28%, 34%, Uh, He just has had not great efficiency so far in the series, but he's getting the shots up and the assists are way down. He has uh, six assists, three assists, two assists so far in the series. There's definitely positive regression, I think, coming in, in that area. So I just look at the potential for more assists and also the really high usage. The, the one thing that is a little bit of a concern is what does Gordon Hayward do to his usage, except it's hard for me to consider that too much because it impacts everybody on the Celtic side. And you can't just look at this like a regular slate. We just be like, ah, oh, everybody's usage gets hit. We can't roster any of them now, mm-hmm. which to an extent is true. It caps their upside, except we have to play a bunch of these guys anyway, because it's a one game slate. But I think compared to the other options in the price type, Kemba Walker, I think that he's the highest upside play on the Celtics. Also, his usage isn't impacted with Hayward on the court as much as Tatum's is. Yeah, he's without question my favorite Celtic play today. Uh, We have him at 7% ownership in the captain spot. I I will most certainly be coming in north of that. I think it's one of the few places you can find a little leverage there. The highest owned captain on the slate, however, Jason Tatum, 19.6% ownership. He's 59.5% owned in the utility spot. Look, I like Jason Tatum. He's clearly the projected high scorer for this game, and it's not remotely close. Um, That feels a little high for Tatum. Yeah, especially just I mentioned because now that we have Gordon Hayward back, and I mean, we saw during the regular season, and I understand also Jason Tatum got way better at the end of the regular season than he was at the beginning of the season, but there's multiple reasons for that. Number one, he's just a young player who improved as the season went on. The other thing, too, is the Celtics had a ton of injuries. And Jason Tatum was a guy who, whenever somebody was out of the lineup, his usage jumped up in a big way. But generally, when everybody was healthy, which is the situation we have now for the Celtics, which did not happen very often in the regular season, his usage was a lot more muted. It doesn't mean he wasn't a good fantasy producer, but he just wasn't nearly as good of a fantasy producer as he was. when. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like Kemba was out or when Gordon Hayward was out or, or Marcus Smart or one of those other guys. And now that we have a situation where everybody's healthy, I think we're going to see a little bit less usage from Jason Tatum. And I mean, that's what we saw last game. He had a 25% usage rating. Uh, Fantasy production was still great, except the 25% is a step down from the 30 plus percent he had in the playoffs when Gordon Hayward was out. So I do think that overall, we have to think that Tatum has a little bit less of a ceiling now that Hayward's uh, back. Uh, I'm going to stay away from him in large amounts if he ends up really being 20% at the captain, 60% utility. I think it's just a little bit easier to to drop down. And by doing so, and by liking someone like Kemba in the captain spot, it really affords me a, a bit more money to not have to get to the super slop at the bottom. 
after those two guys, you know, we've got Jalen Brown as a relatively neutral play. We've got Marcus Smart um, going pretty under-owned right now. 20.6% ownership for Marcus Smart in the utility spot. He's 7,800. I do think that he might like lose a minute or two because Gordon Hayward is back. But at the same time, a 20% owned Marcus Smart is a guy that I have some interest in in the middle tier. Yeah, I don't really think it kills Marcus Smart's playing time. Smart played 36 minutes last game. So it's not like he's all of a sudden playing 20 minutes. This isn't the regular season where, you know, Gordon Hayward's back and then Marcus Smart's playing, you know, 29 or 31 minutes. They're going with they're going with their death lineup, the death lineup, like we said before. And that was a lineup they just didn't play very much in the regular season. And now they're going to utilize it a little more in the postseason. So I think that Marcus Smart's playing time is pretty secure. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily playing 44 minutes or anything like that that right. he would do in some closer games before. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Relative to ownership, I think that Marcus Smart's going under-owned. If you're just making one lineup and looking at points per dollar, then I don't think Marcus Smart makes for necessarily a really strong play. But I think that relative to his ownership in a showdown slate, he is, yeah, like you said, 23%. That, that's a little bit too low for Marcus Smart. Yeah, and like I discounted his rates a little bit with Gordon Hayward back. I only gave him 38 minutes. I normally had him at 40, so I did shave that slightly. Uh, I still have him showing up as an optimal play, like significantly more than the ownership. Uh, so smart, one of my favorite plays as of right now. The big question, um, the one, elephant in the room. One, one oh, more ahead, thing on Marcus ahead. Smart before we go ahead, just because I, I brought up some of the Celtics production with Gordon Hayward on the court. Marcus Smart is the one guy who's actually been more productive this season with Gordon Hayward on the court than when Hayward's off the court. Marcus Smart, uh, 0.89 fantasy points per minute for the season, 0.94 when Hayward is on the court. And then compare that to Jason Tatum, who has a 28.6% usage rating for the season, but a 25.6% usage rating when Gordon Hayward's on the floor. Mm. Why do you think that is? That seems, I, I wouldn't expect that. Uh, which one, Marcus Smart's production uptick or yeah, the, the smart up the the smart uptick? Uh, Is that just noise? Do you think it's over a thousand minutes? Okay, it's not noise. Um, <laughs> let's see what's let's see what's the difference. His oh okay, so here's the difference. His assist rate goes way up with Gordon Hayward on the court. So I, I think there's okay. I think there's probably more floor spacing, and I think there's just better players to make shots. So I think I think that having Gordon Hayward on the court as a catch and shoot player makes a big difference over somebody like a, a Daniel Tice or Robert Williams or Enos Kanter or somebody like that. I, I think that just having the extra spacing and somebody can knock down shots is the is the difference. That seems that makes sense to me. Um, do you like him? Do you like Gordon Hayward today? Ten eight in the captain spot, seventy two hundred um, in the utility spot. I would just rather go to Marcus Smart. Gordon Hayward almost double the ownership right now though. Yeah, which, I mean, I wrote my article yesterday. I didn't think that was going to be the case. I wrote up uh, Gordon Hayward as a contrarian play, thinking that the ownership would be flipped there. And obviously, it's not the case anymore because he's super popular. Uh, But I I still do like Hayward. The other thing also is, let's say he plays 35, 36 minutes. He's underpriced then, if, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I Like, uh, his minutes are the biggest question mark right now. I don't really know what they're going to do you would expect them to want to play him 38 minutes and not give any real time to brad wanamaker or grant williams or whoever but 
I don't know what he can handle. I don't know what his like cardiovascular load is. I, I also didn't expect him to play 30 and a half minutes. Yeah, well, in game three, think, not even remotely close. I don't think Brad Stevens expected him to play 30 and a half minutes in, in game three, because before the game, if I remember correctly, I think the soundbite was that, Hey, Gordon's on a 25 minutes restriction. We're going to play him 25 minutes. And then he played 30 and a half minutes. So with that considered, I, I assume that his playing time has to go up from last game, unless this is just, that's what his rotation is. And normally, and they're just like, hey, we got 100% Gordon Hayward. I don't think that's the case. I think he played, you know, 31 minutes last game, and that was them easing him, in, easing him into the rotation. So I think he plays 35, 36 minutes tonight. I'm sure the rest helped a ton. Uh, yeah. get, being able to get a couple extra days off is probably massive. That's the piece that I have to pay attention to most because if you're getting more Gordon Hayward minutes, then I think that it's going to be really hard to like Wanamaker or Grant Williams or Cantor at the full-on bottom. Um, I don't have much to add on someone like Daniel Tice. He's going to be involved. He's cheap. Uh, he's going to play pretty sizable minutes. Um, you know, he can be, again, it's, it's weird for Tice. He could be anywhere from 24 because of foul trouble to, you know, north of 30 if things are going well while he's on the floor. Do you like Tice today? I like him less now that Gordon Hayward's back. The other thing too is I have such, it's hard to predict foul trouble, but I have such minimal confidence in Tice's ability to stay on the floor and guard Bam Adebayo without getting into foul trouble. Just because we've seen it so often, not only in this series, but the playoffs as a whole. He had five fouls last game that limited him to 24 minutes. He was, he avoided foul trouble in game two. Uh, but a lot of times I think that when he avoids foul trouble, it also kills his per minute production at the same time. Also, if he's too cautious about foul. So game two, he played 32 minutes, but he only scored 20 fantasy points. Then uh, game one, he fouled out game seven of the Raptor series. He fouled out game six. He had five fouls. It's really hard for me to predict that Daniel Tice is going to play over 30 minutes just because he gets into foul trouble so frequently. Yeah, I, I I believe I gave him 28. Um, seems kind of like splitting the difference for me. Do you get to any of the pay down options from the Celtics, whether that's Wanamaker, Grant Williams, or the 18% owned Enos Cantor at $1,800 in the utility spot? All right, so I'll say this. Of those players per dollar, I think Cantor has the most upside. Uh, he, he might very easily play zero minutes, but here's the deal. I, I think a lot of these other cheap guys are also very viable to play zero minutes. I, I'm not confident any of these guys see the floor play significant minutes. So uh, here, here's the positive with, the, with Enos Canner. Of anybody who might be in the rotation tonight, he's the cheapest of anybody in this slate. And, yep. and, like, and like I said before, there's a chance that somebody scores zero fantasy points and ends up in the optimal lineup. So if, if that's the case, you might as well look to Enos Canner, who's the cheapest of all those guys. Save yourself a little bit of salary. The other thing too is if he actually does get five, six minutes, He's probably scoring seven or eight fantasy points, which relative to this slate is terrific. So as I mentioned, I had him in, I don't know, like 11% of my optimals when I ran my sim. Here are some of the point totals that Enos Cantor had when he was an optimal play. Four, four, five, four and a half, four and a half. You can get there with him being bad. He does not need to be out there all that much. If Enos Cantor happens to play eight to 10 minutes and has a, an upside canter day and goes for, let's say like 14 fantasy points, he will be essential. It's so funny to talk about what's optimal at, at this time of year with some of these showdown slates, just because it, it's just the way the playoffs go, right? I mean, nobody's playing these end of bench guys unless there's a blowout and then a blowout totally changes everything. But 
but, it, but for the most part, teams need to win this game. They're playing all their core players, you know, 40-ish minutes, and there's just not playing time left for these other guys. And, yeah, I mean, two games ago, look at Canada. He only played 11 minutes, scored 16 fantasy points. So it, it's definitely possible that we get one rotation from Canner is probably all it's going to take for him to be either on the optimal or close to the optimal lineup. It's that's not exciting. No, the question I, is, go ahead. I, I have so little confidence that he's actually going to play tonight. Also, uh, I don't disagree there. The, the question then becomes at what ownership level do you start to think I need to have less Enos Cantor? It's definitely not at 18%. Cause that's, that's a fairly low number as is. Um, I'd say if he approaches 30%, anything below that, I look at it, it's a one game slate. I think that he's viable at his price tag. And there's just other options that I, there's no other option. I like if there was somebody else that I felt good pivoting to, then I'd say, you know, sure. I, I think where we, if, if we really want to get crazy is, is there any chance that Robert Williams enters the rotation tonight instead of Venus Cantor? If you wanted to play a totally galaxy brain off the wall, GPP play that, that could work out. Uh, I think that it would probably be Robert Williams, but also I have very, very low confidence that he's in the rotation. Robert Williams, 2K, actually $200 more expensive than Enos Cantor for today. Yeah, that's that's a little weird. Not great. I mean, look, it's... You don't... If either one of them don't play, there's not a huge difference between playing one or the other, you know? I just think that it's more likely to see Cantor, but I like where you're going with it in that Robert Williams' ownership, I assume, is zero or like you know like effectively zero yeah oh god that'd be nuts but it's but it's really stuff that like wins you a a a showdown like without dupes or with essentially zero dupes i'll I'll say this if i'm playing 150 lineups i'm putting robert williams in like five of them yeah that makes sense because you can't treat it like you can't just for, for guys like that, it's really hard to use just like your median expectation of minutes. You know, like you can't, you have to, if you're going to try to get Robert Williams in lineups, you have to assume that he plays at which point you're assuming he probably plays over Cantor and gets a rotation. So the scenarios are like he plays eight minutes or he doesn't play at all. I don't think that there's a, I don't think it's very likely to see both Cantor and Williams. No, so you no, kind no, of just have to project them yeah. both the same way. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's a situation where there's, like I don't know how many minutes that you have Canner uh, projected for tonight. I think he plays six minutes on average today. If it's not Enos Canner getting those six minutes, then it's going to be Robert Williams. Yes, agreed. Or they have really locked it all down, and Hayward's playing forty, Smart's playing for like the, all those guys are playing forty, and you may or may not see Grant Williams for like six minutes, and that's it. Yeah, and I mean, that, those, that would it wouldn't shock me if they fully locked it down to the to, to the five stars plus Tice. And those guys at the end of the bench are real garbage for the for the Celtics at this point. Like I know Brett Wanamaker's had some big games in the series. He played nine minutes last game with Hayward back. I think that he's pretty much toast for fantasy. Um, Grant Williams, he played nine minutes last game and he's not a good he's not a good permanent fantasy producer i mean in, in the regular season he averaged nine fantasy points per game in 14 minutes so I, do you have any interest in either of those guys grant williams or brad wanamaker zero it just there's no there's no chance that i have them tonight only guys that I'm, i could potentially be paying down for kelly olenic Derek jones jr Cantor, 
maybe a small amount of Robert Williams. I don't think there's really any other reasonable way to go. Gordon yeah, Howard just sort of that. like nuked everything on the Celtics side. And I don't, I don't, there's nothing on the heat. <laughs> like it's, it's Derek Jones and that's it. It doesn't appear that they're going to be using Kendrick Nunn enough at all. No, no. Kendrick Nunn has been terrible in the postseason. I don't know if this is related to him having COVID or he just wasn't really any good in the regular season anyway, but uh, there was, it, it's just so, it's just so hard to know what's going on with Kendrick Nunn because he started in the regular season. Remember he yeah. started for them for almost the entire season and in the playoff start, he, he misses the, the start of the bubble because of COVID and then he comes back and just isn't in the rotation at all. It's, it's very weird. That's the heat for you though. Like they're going to do whatever it is they think they can do to maximize their chances of winning. And they're not going to worry about like just, the the norm from before it's 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 just it's just weird to me is is what happens what happens with a guy who you think is good enough to start for you in the regular season but isn't good enough to play at all in the regular season and this isn't even to say that i've interested him because i don't i mean he played four minutes and five minutes in the last two games of the series it's just it's just weird to me what's what's happened to the fantasy value of kendrick not in the playoffs you went from a full-on part of the heat to a non-existent part of the heat and he totally stinks when he when he's on the court it's always like oh my get Kendrick Nunn off the court he does he he gives he doesn't do anything on offense and then defense people just score on him all right I think that's probably it for this game do you have anything else you want to touch on for like the slate as a whole uh let's see does anybody have questions for us I assume that's a no um, yeah, if, if, if YouTube chat wants to drop some questions in, that'd be great. Uh, everybody but uh, Stephanie for the next four minutes is allowed to ask them. Stephanie slowly working off a timeout. <laughs> Go stand in the corner and think about what you did. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? Based on the construction, it's not hard to fade Tatum and use Bam instead. I agree. Um, Grant Williams minutes, I don't know, six to ten. Four to um, ten. Grant Williams, uh, I ha- I have him for nine minutes. Uh, that's that's what he played last game, and and there's probably there's probably wiggle room for that to go down more than there is for it to go up. Just because if we assume that Gordon Hayward's going to play more minutes, then Grant Williams, Brad Wanamaker, Enos Kanter, those are the guys who it's coming from. Yeah. Thoughts on Hero? Uh, nothing terribly interesting. Like he's. I think that he is properly owned at both the captain spot and the utility spot. He doesn't stand out to me. He's just, he's just a guy that's properly priced. I will say this, there is upside in, in Tyler hero. So if you want to make yourself a very different lineup and you want to make, (laughs) uh, (laughs) did did not mean, did not mean for that to happen, but there we go. (laughs) If, if you, if you do want to create a lineup that leaves a ton of salary on the table, I think that you probably want to have Tyler hero in there because he has massive upside for his price tag. And he's a guy who, you know, could score 25 real life points, score 40 fantasy points and be one of the better producers in this game. So I think that's one way. If you really want to differentiate yourself on a showdown lineup, and this is something I say all the time, leave salary on the table and you want to find some of those mid range guys with realistic upside. And Tyler, uh, Tyler hero is one of those guys. Like I, I wouldn't leave a ton of salary on the table to get to Jay Crowder because he's probably not going to outscore the all-star level type players in this game, but I would do it for Tyler hero. Cause there's an outside chance that he has that kind of ceiling. 
Uh, hey guys, who would you go for? Who, who would you go with between Smart and Dragic? This one's crazy. So I have Dragic as the optimal captain, six point two percent of the time. Smart six point six. I have them in the optimal utility spots, thirty five point four and thirty six percent of the time. They're separated in ownership by a half percent. I truly don't have a pick between those two guys. As far as I'm concerned, they're the exact same option. Uh, go to like feel free to drop down, like start with Dragic and then feel free to drop down to Marcus Smart to just like have a different construction and use less salary. I think they're equals. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair take. I mean, it goes hand in hand with what I said before about leaving salary on the table. Yeah, like if you're already using, let's say you're using 49,800, you have Dragic in there. I like the idea of dropping down to Smart for no other reason other than just getting a different construction and then having like 49.4. Just eat that 400 bucks. By the way, it's crazy how infrequently G, uh, the the showdown winning lineups have been duped so far in the playoffs. They've yeah. been fairly unique almost every single slate, and it's it's really crazy. Well, we've been seeing this like extreme like divide in ownership that I never expected to see, where that like last night it's the the Michael Porter Jr. Jeremy Grant Rondo area. These guys are just so highly priced that they're not picking up a ton of ownership. If one of those guys happens to go crazy, you're so much less likely to get duped because those three guys are only owned like 5% of the time. That's the, that ends up being the saving grace actually in that scenario. Uh, Adam and I were talking about it a little bit. I think that the, the four studs in that series are a bit underpriced and it's creating this gap in the upper tier where people aren't getting there because it's just easier to get to one of Jokic, Murray, AD, and LeBron. In this series, it's the exact opposite because, you know, relative to salary from Tatum to Duncan Robinson, it's all like pretty similar. These guys are packed between 20% ownership and 60% ownership. Whereas in the Nuggets Lakers series, you're getting all the way down to like 5% ownership for multiple guys in that like seven to eight K range. There, there is no gap there now. It's it's just fully flat to Duncan Robinson. It's a completely different lineup construction for the Eastern Conference Series than it is for the Western Conference Series. Yeah, I'm going to predict that this is the first playoff showdown we've seen with a, with a massive train for first place. There, I, I just I just find it so hard to think that there's going to be some contrarian play unless unless there's a blowout or something happens. Like I said, with Robert Williams is in the rotation over Enos Kanter. I just think that so many of these guys are so similar at the same price and getting the same ownership. It's pretty hard for me to believe that there's going to be a really unique lineup that wins a tournament tonight outside of leaving a bunch of salary on the table. Yeah. That's going to come from like a Dragic or smart monster game, getting one of those guys into the captain spot, or it's going to come from a Grant Williams, Derek Jones, Jr. Kelly Olenek monster game to get, just a, 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 a very unique build. Um, otherwise, you're, you're just you're set up for a lot of chops. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 where I think we're headed tonight. Well, that's all I've got. MLB show coming up next. 180 people in here right now. 42 likes. That feels just overly light. So, guys, hit that thumbs up. It helps out a ton. Subscribe to the channel. Notification bell. We've got a ton of content coming. Subscribe to our podcast feeds. You can either get them for each individual sport or get the big one. So you can get every show that we put out. Everything that we do outside of Live Before Locks ends up on the uh, podcast feed. So uh, you can go get that. Uh, Greg, any written content to plug? Uh, I did the building blocks for today. I have a football article out that went up yesterday on awesome.com. Both of them are free articles, so go check those out. Give me the click. 
There you go, guys. Go check out Greg's articles. Go check out everything we've got at Osmo.com. Go to Osmo.com slash join if you're not a member. Come join us in Slack. It's fun. Good luck tonight, guys. We'll talk to you later.